It's time for Life Unfiltered, the show that celebrates the messy, perfectly imperfect parts of life. Your hosts are Deborah Gansenberg and Lisa Sugarman. Deborah is the mom of three boys and a clinical psychotherapist. And Lisa is the mom of two girls, an author, and a syndicated columnist. And together, they authored the book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay with It. Hey friends, I'm Lisa Sugarman, and I'm here with my friend and co-host Deb Gansenberg, and we're sitting down for another week of Life Unfiltered, this little radio show that we do every week that embraces the perfectly imperfectness of life. And this week, we're jumping back to something that we touched on briefly during last week's show that was about expectations, and we're making it the focus of today's conversation. It's, it's actually one of Deb's favorite topics, and it's what <laughs> happens to us when we say yes to someone else. Because too often, especially for those of us who are people pleasers, like I know that I am, uh, we're always inclined to say yes to everyone around us, even when we might not have the time or the ability or the interest in doing something for somebody else. And like you always say, Debs, when we say yes to someone else, we're actually saying no to ourselves. And that's a really, really powerful statement when you really stop and consider it. So Deb, I know this is, this is a really rich and important topic that you are especially passionate about. So maybe let's start by having just you explain a little bit more in depth what we're actually doing when we're putting ourselves and our own needs behind someone else's. This is a big topic. I love it. I try and live it and I teach it. And so I started a chunk of years ago. My mom and I actually were having this conversation professionally. And since then, I've kept a little yellow sticky at my desk um, that reads, when you say yes to someone or something, what are you saying no to for yourself? And um, I keep this in sight because being an empath like yourself, a giver, someone whose professional job and personal life can easily consist of giving 24 seven, um, it is my nature as it is yours to give of yourself, whether it's your time, your energy, your support, your shoulder, your arms to hug, you name it. Um, and it's, it's an amazing quality, it's an amazing thing, but at the same time, it can be a hazard of doing such um, because as givers, we deplete ourselves. Um, it's just what happens, right? If you keep going to the cookie jar and taking out a cookie, eventually it's empty. And so the dangerous part here is that it will eventually catch up with us and it won't be pretty for anyone involved because it will impact us in different ways. So the key here is if you are a giver, you also need to figure out how to receive deposits as well, either from yourself or others. And when I refer to deposits, I'm suggesting things as I refer to all the time, finding people in your life, places you enjoy going and things that you like to do that make you feel good and bring you joy and happiness. And that is how we fill our tanks. Um, along with simple things and very important things like eating, sleeping, you know, the basics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes we give so much that we don't eat ourselves or we don't get enough rest. So if you are going to be giving to others, you also need to figure out how to receive, which is a whole nother show that I think we need to do. Yeah, I think the difference between receiving and, and taking, which is a really big difference. So yeah, for, for sure. I, you know, I, I know that I'm so, so guilty of doing this all the time. And you and I have chatted about this a million times. 
like to a fault, I feel like I'm guilty of it. And I know I've got no one else to blame but myself because I've always got the ability that every one of us has to say no when someone asks something of me. My issue is that I hate saying no. Like it's as, it's as simple as that. I hate saying no. And I, I dislike it for a lot of different reasons. And I think the first and, and foremost reason is that I really truly love being of service to people around me and to my community, my friends, obviously my family. And I always have, just like you do. And it's that desire to always want to help people and be that ear and and be that sounding board in pretty much any capacity that really kind of drives my own personal impulse to always say yes when I'm I'm asked to support someone emotionally or you know even in person by helping them with some kind of a physical act. Right. I mean, one week you moved like three different people. I know. I, I did. I, I, I did. Mean, insanity. Like. Yeah. And it was a hot week, like, yeah. and you were moving people up. And I thought to myself, all right, if she's not depleted by now, and you were like the Energizer Bunny, you just kept going. Yeah, yeah, I, that was that was a funny that was a funny period of time. It was like everybody I knew. It must have been like the, the beginning or the end of a month because everybody I knew. <laughs> I have all these moving. friends. In, I have all these young friends in Boston, and they're all like moving apartments, and and nobody hires a mover. They're all like in their twenties or thirties. <laughs> they don't hire a mover, and instead they've got. You know, you balls. Me, right? <laughs> me. But the good news is I am really great at moving oversized furniture, apparently. So wow. it's, it's a skill that's good that to I, know. I never Where were you when I was moving into my office and I, I couldn't get my couch? I don't know. I don't even know. I, I just know that that was a hell of a week. But, you know, as a result of all this, I know that there's a definite perception among the people who are close to me that I'll always be there for them in whatever capacity they need me to be. And overall, I need to say, like, I'm really glad that people feel that way. They feel that they can count on me because that's important to me. But at the same time, there is a growing part of me. And look, you and I are in our 50s and we, you know, we, we're always, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're always figuring out things. We're not, we don't just all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, got it, got all of the life stuff, nailed it. It's not, it's a practice, we're evolving. So I've just recently figured out that, you know, I'm doing that at a cost to myself and my own emotional and physical well being in a lot of cases. And here's why. Because showing up for everybody else, like we just said, is showing up less for myself. It means that I have less time to focus on my own goals and my own passions and even just like my day-to-day -day stuff. And not, and I'm not being effective or efficient with my own stuff. And that can create like anxiety and stress. And that's yeah. bad. And I'm doing that to myself. But my issue is that I just don't enjoy saying no to people, especially the ones that I love or who genuinely need help. So let's pretend, let's do a pretend little exercise here that I'm one of your patients. <laughs> I am now one of your patients sitting in your office and I'm telling you all this. How would you respond? What suggestions are you gonna give to me that would help me learn to break that cycle? Well, the first thing is you recognize- By the way, by the way what is your co-payment? <laughs> for you all, I'll, 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 we'll skip the copayment. Stop it. Thanks. Thanks. And for anyone listening. But I, I think that when you go to change a behavior, you first have to acknowledge that it's a behavior you want to change. And you have finally evolved into a space where you're acknowledging, wow, I'm at a stage in my life and I do need to contemplate changing this because it's causing me anxiety and stress and I'm not doing the things I need to do for myself. So when people come to me, sometimes they don't know it's a behavior they need to change and we have to take that journey, but you already have on that journey. So one of the exercises to help people either identify that it needs to change or that 
it's something they are looking to change. I encourage you, all right? And this is something I really want you to do. Okay, I want I'm, you to I'm all in. All right, this, this is a great exercise. I want you to keep track of things that you say no to for yourself, all right? Which isn't like you get up and say, no, I'm not doing that. I mean that I want you to make a list at the end of every day of anything that you did not get to because you didn't make the time, mm -hmm. all right? Yeah. And it's hard, but I really want you, like I, I'm a list human. Like I make lists every day of things I have to do and I can tell you I'm lucky if I get one or two things off the list. Well, you, you, because, you know who you're talking to. You know right. that my whole life is, is one right. list so, or an alarm. So I want you to make a list of all the things maybe in the morning that you need, you want to do or accomplish or get to or whatever. And then at the end of the day, I want you to look at that list and see what's still on there. Yeah. And then alongside that list, I want you to make a new kind of list. I want you to make a list of things that you have given or done for others. And it could be anything from flipping someone's laundry to making them lunch, to changing the toilet paper thing because somebody left it empty, yeah. to, you know, what kinds of things are you doing in your day that really should be owned by somebody else? but you are doing them as who you are, out of love, out of compassion, out of concern, out of feeling as though you need to do these things. And I want you to make a list, okay? Got it, got it. It's really a great exercise because it's a con concrete way of really seeing what it is you don't do for yourself and then what you're spending your time doing for other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I do this often and I typically find my list of things that I don't do for myself include things that could be very complex or very simple things like exercising, meditating, doing my skincare stuff. You know, in the morning, if I'm rushing because I need to take someone and give them a ride or this, or that, I don't I don't take care of what I need to take care of. I forget my vitamins. Right here. Still haven't taken them today. because. Oh my God, I forgot my vitamins. <laughs> You're right. You forget them, right? I did. I totally did. Right. You skip making the phone call that you need to, to schedule your doctor's appointment or the, the person you need to meet for with a, for a lunch date. So, you know, I, I don't get to those errands or those things, get it, picking things up for myself or, or for you, you were talking about earlier, you put things off that you need to do for work. And then you end up doing them at an hour that really should be for resting or sleeping or for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And ha the list could go on and on. This is your, really. you, you've just completely chronicled my entire life. Right. You, you, I'm so not even kidding. To, right, but by writing it down, you witness it. And then we witness it together. And I think the other, the other list, the things I do for others you know, the, these things are things like my son said, hey, can you make me lunch? Oh, can you pick this up at CVS? Oh, can you help me with this paperwork? I got to, it's due. You know, they're all things, but we're doing them for others. So once you do this, I recommend you review these lists at the end of the week to really take inventory of what you are actually saying no to for yourself and what you're doing for others. And once you get a visual then it's time to actually highlight the things you could actually decide to pause or say no to so that you don't continue the same patterns that eventually lead to the depletion, resentment, frustration, exhaustion. So that's really important. 
the other part to this is saying no is not easy for many of us, but it's okay to let someone know that you need to think about it and get back to them, which I know you mentioned and we'll talk about, yeah. um, you know, looping back around, letting them know you'll get to it um, or that, you, you know, you're happy to assist them, but not right now um, and do it on your own term. Um, there are things I, I might actually do this, like my kids, I was ex explaining this to my husband the other night, we, we go in and relax, watch TV. Our bedroom door is like the revolving door because they oh, know it's finally there. Same, yep. Like, what What do you need? Where, uh, can you give me this? I need that. Can, can you do this for me tomorrow? Blah, blah. And it's all about that. And sometimes yeah. they are happy to visit, but then they want a head scratch or a back scratch. Did you ever notice, speaking of that, totally off topic, that when our door is closed, everyone just walks in. When their doors are closed, they're like, can you knock? I know. What the hell is that? I know. Oh, we have this discussion all the time. Yeah, new show. That'll be another new show. But continue, <laughs> continue. But you know, at the end of the day, giving to people is a beautiful thing, but I'm curious about how you can do it more in your own terms so you're not letting go of the things that are important to you. So, you know, reassure them that you'll loop back around, but on your clock so that you can continue to do what you need to do for yourself so you can fill your own bucket. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, and I see so clearly, even, even without doing the exercise that you're suggesting that I do, which you know me, you know, I will actually do that. I, I, I bet 90% of your day is helping others. Oh, I, I don't even have to write it down to know that the, the truth. But I want you to. Statement. I know I will. Because you're going to get writer's cramp and you're going to realize. Oh, how, I know. How much. And then I want you to make that list of everything you didn't get to or didn't do for yourself. And it's going to become very real to you when you do that. Yeah. And, and then, and then it's funny because this is the next point that I want to make. And I do know that we have to take a break in a minute. Um, I, I do know that I'm getting more and more toward the point where I really have to be very consistent about establishing boundaries and intentional about establishing mm -hmm. boundaries because no one else is gonna do it for me. No one's gonna do it for you. Like we are only as good at doing that as we allow ourselves to be right. committed as we as we make ourselves in that case. And, and your challenge is, as it is mine, that once you've always been that person who does it for everyone and you are trying to shift to take better care of yourself, let me tell you how hard it is to do that uh, anyway, but add on that these people are used to you doing and being everything yeah. to everyone. And so now you're gonna try and change that and it is not easy. No, it's not. But it's I know not we, impossible. No, it's not, it's not. And I know we need to take a break. So we'll take a quick one, we'll be right back. How do you raise the perfect kid? The answer is you don't, because perfection is the myth. In the book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It, by parenting author and columnist Lisa Sugarman and clinical psychotherapist Deborah Gansenberg, you'll get permission to drop some balls without feeling like a bad parent. Through Sugarman's humor and personal stories and proven tips and advice from Gansenberg's office couch, you'll have an everyday reminder that you're not alone, that all kids test limits, and that your kids will ultimately be okay. Find How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble stores, and everywhere books are sold. Hey, my friends, we're back with Life Unfiltered, and we're we're having a conversation this morning about what happens when we say yes 
to someone else in our life, whether we're saying yes to our, our partner or our child or our coworker or our friend, what actually happens? And, and what we know that to be is we're actually saying no to ourselves. So um, Deb, you, you were talking about how important it is to you know, continue to do what we need to do for ourselves and, and fill our own, our own buckets. And, and I'm diving back in to say that one of the things that I've really, really been intentional about lately, and this is what I started talking about before the break, is creating and trying really hard to maintain boundaries, especially with the people who are closest to me, like my family and my friends, because those are the people who I think that we always tend to want to help, of course, the most often because they are our closest connections and our closest bonds. But it creates this conundrum, which is that we don't want to disappoint or reject or say no to the people that we care the most about. But those are also the, the very, very same people who we should be the most upfront about, about how we choose to spend our own time because most of us, are willing to sacrifice what we as individuals need in favor of what our people need before we'd ever actually use the word no. And of course, like you, like I'm a mom, I immediately relate all of this stuff right back to parenthood because yeah. as parents and as caregivers like you and I are, and so many of the people who listen to us are, we're always in this position of needing to pick and choose how we dedicate our time and who we help. And that can be a real challenge to say no to, especially the people that we love. So I've learned that there is this real need to establish these boundaries, especially at home, which we can talk about in a minute. But before we get to that, I thought we should talk about what the typical responses are that any of us <laughs> might, might give when we're asked to do something. So what do we do? Like I, I, I thought about this and I was reading about this and, and there were some common responses. We either say yes unconditionally, which is yeah. what I do because I don't, even, I don't even really recognize the word no most of the time, unfortunately. Or in some cases, depending on what the thing is that we're being asked to do, uh, is we, we, we react with anger. Like, how dare you? How dare you ask that? Right. Why would you consider asking me that? What do I need to do that for you for? Or we try to avoid the ask altogether by saying, we'll think about it, which I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing to do because it gives us the ability to just evaluate, take a second and evaluate what it is that we want to do about it. So I guess it all boils down to, and this is a question I'm now asking you, how can we say no in a positive way and two-part question and what are the benefits of saying no in a positive way so as i said earlier our challenge is is that for people like ourselves we've been in this role forever and this is how people know us um, when we want to teach other people about this it is important to consider the stage of development of the child um, because it really does determine how much they understand and process. When our kids are younger, their process is always focused on their bottom line and how it will impact them, like what I need, what I want. And as kids grow older, they are able to begin to understand that sometimes our decisions aren't always what's best for them, but sometimes what we need to do. So one thing that I would encourage, and I just recently did this, I'm gonna self-disclose. I recently uh, relinquished a job in my home and I had a little family meeting and I called my kids around the table and my husband and I said, look, I've been working on this and I'm really 
I am going, this is one of my personal goals and goals. And it was around self-care that when you finally do take care of yourself, you actually do feel the difference. And I had been doing this for a long while. And then all of a sudden they all came home from college and my house is full and I'm giving, 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 giving. And I was so depleted and so exhausted. And then it was coming out my behavior. So I called a family meeting and I had to stop and pause and really update them, my young adult kids, to help them understand how depleted I was and how I was giving back some of these jobs to them. And that they really had to understand and appreciate that I was in this space. So, you know, with little kids, when you are all of a sudden gonna say no, when you've been saying yes, it can be harder. But as your kids get older, it's a wonderful thing to be able to help them understand your decision. Um, Another way to say no with more ease and comfort is gonna be a personal journey. And that means that it's time to really work with the part of yourself that gets triggered and gets in the way of you saying no. And that is something, you know, once you understand what kind of hijacks you from saying no, you can work with that part of you and see if it's willing to step aside so you can say no. Yeah. So, you know, like for example, when you say no, do you feel guilty? Always, almost always. Right, that's a very common reaction. So spend time understanding why you get triggered and feel guilty. And it usually leads to the behavior, you know, of saying sure instead of no. Um, typically somewhere in there, like I do, we have a belief system in place that we've learned that has taught us saying no is not okay or should, or, or that, you know, we should always be helpful or help someone in need. Um, we might need to update our system, our belief system in order to give yourself permission to say no and realize it doesn't mean you don't care. You're not going to give help. Um, I know I can be, am I confusing right now? No, no, not at all. I'm sitting here. I know you can see me and I can see you because we're over, we're over Zoom doing this, but I'm sitting here and I'm thinking very deeply about what you're saying. And I'm, and I'm going back to what you just said about, um, you know, do you feel guilty? And yes, I feel guilty. And, and is it sometimes just easier to say yes? And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think that that's where a lot of people stop. They don't do that additional work. Like I know for myself, sometimes I feel like I'm doing the right thing by just saying, okay, fine, I'll do it because I don't want the stress or the guilt or the anxiety that I feel about disappointing that person or not showing up for that person, whatever the case is. And I'm like, I'm almost like convincing myself that, right. that, it's, that oh, it's no, it's better that way. It's better if I just do right. it. But it's, it's not. harder to say no than yes. For sure. Right? And yeah. when you think about parenting, especially, when you're working hard, that's when you're teaching and role modeling. And, and it's hard. Um, it's so much easier to go do it yourself in a lot of ways. And when you hand off things because you can't do it, it, it is very hard on you. And understanding why it's hard on you is going to be an invaluable process. So that is something that I sit with when I jump and say yes, and then I end up messed up with my work or my own self-care. I stop and understand what what got in my way of saying yes and, and got, instead of saying no. Um, so, and there are benefits to when you say no. I mean, kids learn that it isn't always about them. Family members learn your boundaries. You yeah, know, and that's you're... so important. It's it is. so important. You and I talk about this in our book. We talk about it in, in, in so many other con- contexts. 
And yeah. we, we cannot just be, well, that, that's the whole helicopter parenting, bulldozer parenting. Yes, yeah, it is. Know. And the, the piece is, you know, if you're the family always doing the holiday party, but you just can't do it this year, you know, it's okay to say, I can't do it this year. And if people want to take it personally or speculate why, let them. If they're curious and they ask, you don't owe them an explanation, but you can update them and teach them, I need a break. I can't do that. Um, and friends especially have to learn that maybe you can't always be that person who can be available to help. And it's okay. And it's hard though. If kids only get yes from us, they will not have the ability when they finally encounter no and it will happen right well we have we you and i have a whole chapter in the book dedicated to that yeah i mean there's no easy way to say no when you are a born giver or helper um but you owe no explanation especially when you have younger kids um but i i would say just to loop back around i do more explaining now that my kids are older and help them understand why I'm saying no, or I can't do it. And I hope I'm modeling some self-care and, and, and teaching them self-preservation. So, um, you know, I really didn't explain to them. Um, like recently I took a couple days to myself. I was on the Cape for a few days and I didn't explain to them when I was going to do it, but I just did it. And when I came back, they were a little ticked off and I explained how I needed to refuel and rest. So I could be the mom and the friend and the counselor that I wanted to be. So I hope it was a good example of taking care of yourself, um, which it is important to teach your belief system that it's okay um, and help. Hopefully they are learning how to manage good self-care as they grow older. Yeah. You know, it, I found this quote from Warren Buffett. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Who, uh, now, now I'm, I'm taking it from the self-care part of the conversation back to kind of that, you know, that professional part of us um, that, that doesn't ever want to say no. Um, it, we all know that Warren Buffett is one of the most accomplished business people in modern history. And he says the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. And I think that that's such an interest. Yeah, isn't that an interesting and I think like such a, a true and almost kind of sort of startling statement because it means that those super successful people are being really deliberate in how they evaluate what they're being asked to do. They're really, truly heavily weighing their priorities and their time and they're committed to making sure that whatever it is that they are saying yes to isn't going to deplete them, which we keep going back to this word depleted, which I think is so important, or be at the expense of their values or their morals or their own well-being. And I, I do think that, I mean, I just jumped into the how this all affects us in a business world sort of way, but it really, like, this is the essence of all of what we're talking about here, whether it's in your professional life, your um, your, your family, your friendships, all of it, um, because there needs to be a balance in all of those areas. We can't be putting out more energy than we have in reserves for ourselves, yet we do it all the time. I know I do it all the time. You see me do it all the time. And so do you, because at the end of the day, there are always going to be things that we need to say yes to, even when we really just don't want to. But what I've learned is that when we do say yes to other people, you know, we're, we're, 
we're often saying yes to taking on their negative vibrations and pain and problems. And that can really, really wipe us clean over time of, of our own energy. It can just suck all of our energy. Um, and, and then we can't give ourselves. So I guess my final thought about all of this is, is simple. No is always an option that we can fall back on. And if we're nervous about using it, we need to remember that it's never usually what we say, but it's how we say it. And if we say no honestly and unapologetically, we'll actually be staying really true to ourselves and what we really need and want. And that's really what I think to be a powerful tool to harness. Wow, that is awesome. That was big, that was big huh? Yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, I feel we all need to be capable of saying no, because indeed there are consequences for ourselves and others if we don't. I'm not sure if um, you're more successful or less if you say no, but what I do know is that you need to make sure that if you choose to care for others, you also choose need to choose to take care of yourself. And that is a choice. So the next time you say yes to someone else, make sure you really are okay with saying no to yourself. If your gut is telling you otherwise, listen to your gut. Amen. And we are, with that, we are officially out of time. So we hope you got some nuggets from the conversation. Um, I know I certainly did. To reach out to us with a topic you'd like us to talk about here on the show, just connect with us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Life Unfiltered on North Shore 104.9 FM. And feel free to email us at foxgansenberg at yahoo.com or lisasugarman at hotmail.com or find us on iTunes by searching Life Unfiltered. And don't forget to subscribe. Uh, for all of you listening and trying to figure out how to say no, just be gentle to yourself. And remember that we're all a work in progress and it's all about the climb. Thank you for listening to Life Unfiltered with your hosts, Deborah Gansenberg and Lisa Sugarman authors of How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It. Find the book on Amazon.com or at bookstores everywhere.